story that must be told. From beginning to end. Now, here's a little story I got to tell. Here is a story about music. Stories about songs. The Wild South soundtrack. 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 Ready on the left. Ready on the firing line. In episode one, I talk about living in army bases in Germany and only having one theater with one screen. That was pretty much ages four to 14. I missed out on a lot of movies because of that. I think that's maybe why when I finally moved to the US when I was 14 years old, up to at least my 30s, I was going to the movies heavily. When I got my own job at 16, it was normal to go to movies at least once a week. And when I stopped recording music and I had more free time, I was going to the movies two, three times a week sometimes, mostly by myself. Movies is what I was doing all the time. Now, the last seven years or so, I've slowed down more and more where now I hardly ever go. But I guess all that time before that, I was making up for all those missed movie experiences. You know, back then, the VCR was relatively new technology at the time. Come on, we'll be late. Hang on a minute. I'm just setting the VCR. Wouldn't it be nice to have a machine to record television programs you'd otherwise miss? The Philips video cassette recorder will do just that. So you need never miss a television program again. I was lucky enough to have a VCR. You know, a lot of households didn't have it. But even if you miss the movie in the theater, I don't remember the first time I like missed a movie and then waited to watch it on VA. I think I just by then would give up on the idea of seeing it. So it probably was many years later for that was even like a concept to me um, or for most people. You know, it was a lot of movies I was a fan of, but you know, also this time period, you started seeing the idea of movies that had multiple parts. You know, I remember Jaws being one of the first ones that for me that I remember doing that. but also the Star Wars trilogy. And I was a big fan of Star Wars. I was a kid with a vivid imagination and those movies definitely played right into that in many ways, but particularly the idea of the Jedi. The idea you could move things with your mind or do these things with your mind. I was uh, definitely intrigued by that. I remember and I'm jumping ahead a little here, but uh, I remember seeing Return of the Jedi and I'm like, I'm gonna become a Jedi. I was convinced it could be done. I had to just be patient and practice and focused. And um, I was sitting in my room really trying to move like a pencil or something really small. Like I kept trying and I, I mean, to the point where I was getting a headache and I had, you know, I was like, okay, I gotta take a break. and I took a break to go to the bathroom and we had this small bathroom right next to my bedroom and my mom had this candle that always would sit like right on the sh little shelf below the mirror and it was there for several years no issues she lit it every night she lit candles throughout the house and so I'm washing my hands 
thinking about my Jedi training. I just came back from the movie maybe an hour or two ago now at this point. And I'm about to go back in my room and I see the flickering flame of the candle. And I get the idea, maybe I can start with something quote unquote easier. Maybe I can just control the candle flame. So I'm standing there, hands on the sink, staring at this candle flame, trying to control it. And <laughs> there's maybe some uh, embellishment happening here that are not, not intentionally. Maybe my brain was just thinking that with all my own intensity, but I felt the flame like flickering more, kind of fighting against my strong will. But then there was this moment where like all of a sudden, the mirror cracked. Not like overly dramatic, but it was like a small like shh. I mean, I didn't touch anything. I didn't blow the flame. I literally was just staring at it. And then all of a sudden there was this like smoke smudge and a crack in the mirror that I just claimed to my mom happened for me using my mind, <laughs> which you can imagine <laughs> did not go over very well as an explanation. But mom, I did it with my mind. Nah. Anyway, Return of the Jedi. I knew it was coming out and I was excited because, you know, it's, you know, I'm excited about Star Wars. But I found out, I don't know what the timing was between when I first heard about the movie and I learned this next piece of information, but I learned that my dad had got orders and we were gonna leave Germany, leave Stuttgart, Germany and move to Fort Raleigh, Kansas. And I learned it was gonna happen. We were gonna move to Kansas before Return of the Jedi hit the Army Base Theater. And what that meant was, by the time I got to the US, it was already gonna be out of the theaters. So in that thinking, I was like, I might never see Return of the Jedi ever, because who knows, I, didn't, I wasn't prepared for what the future was gonna bring with, you know, every movie on VHS and TV. I didn't know how it worked. I was like, devastated that I was never gonna be able to see it, or maybe it would be years to come. And it wasn't even just that that I was sad about. You know, the idea of moving to the US, that was the foreign place to me. You know, a, a lot of my friends on the army base, they would be talking about go back to the States or going back home because they had grew up there. And, you know, coming to Europe, coming to Germany was like their year or two thing they did. It was the opposite for me. I was born in Germany. I grew up mainly in Germany. So that felt like home to me. So I wasn't that excited. And also I wasn't excited about going to Kansas, to be honest. Like, you know, if people talk about going to like New York or LA or Philly, anywhere that I was hearing on rap records, I probably would have felt a whole lot different. But I didn't really, I'm like, I don't know anything about Kansas. I mean, I guess I probably made the connection to Wizard of Oz. That wasn't enticing. I remember like, someone, I told one of my friends I was going to Kansas. And he gave me kind of a deadpan look and looked off into the distance and was like, yeah, they don't have trees there. They don't have trees there. <laughs> I remember like, no trees? What kind of place am I going to? So I was just like devastated. And speaking of devastated, had my first rap group just started. Devastating too. You know, me and my partner, uh, Ruben Matos, had a, a little rap group. We put our first tape. And, you know, right around the same time, and I had um, awesome friends. I was dating Michelle Callow, who was one of the coolest girls in the school. 14, 13 year old life was really good. I'm about to leave all this behind and also miss Return of the Jedi. 
so finally I decided I can't miss Return of the Jedi. So I learned that, you know, it was gonna be playing in a German theater right before we left. I didn't speak German. I knew I wouldn't understand hardly anything being said, but to me that was better than missing it forever. So I go to see it in this German theater. And honestly, I don't even really remember caring about not understanding. And I don't even know if I've watched the movie. I feel like I've had to see it again since then, but when I recently watched the uh, doc about the making of Star Wars and they show Return of the Jedi clips with dialogue, I didn't recognize the dialogue. I knew Empire Strikes Back. I knew A New Hope. I knew all the other films. I was like, maybe I've never seen Return of the Jedi in English, which sounds crazy, but I think it might be true because I don't think I never thought about it. I felt like I saw it and I was satisfied. And there wasn't subtitles, so I, I couldn't even read it. So anyway, I saw it. I was satisfied. I was excited. And I'm leaving the theater. And I remember I'm like pumped up. I'm like jumping around. I got my fake lightsaber in my hand, swaying around, thinking about going home to train and be a Jedi, like I described earlier. That was going to be happening in like an hour from that moment. And then I turned a corner to go to the parking lot. And there's the wall where they have the posters of upcoming movies. And out of the corner of my eye, I'm like, what is that guy doing on that poster? And I look, and he's doing a backspin. I'm like, why is there a guy breakdancing on a poster in a movie theater? And so I take a look, and it's a movie coming soon about hip-hop. It's breaking, there's people with microphones on this poster. I mean, I can't remember the details, but it's showing the elements of hip-hop. And I'm like, a movie about hip-hop? I was mind-blown. I never would have even thought that was something to hope for or wish for. It didn't seem plausible. We've been hearing for years that from the grown folks and different industry folks that rap is a fad, it's gonna die in a few years. So if it was gonna die in a few years, why would they make a movie about it? So I was just like mind blown. And then I also got immediately sad because here's a movie about rap that I'm never gonna see because of the same problem that I just had. That's why this Return of the Jedi and Wild Style is somehow connected for me forever. And beyond just the movie idea of Wild Style, at this point, not only was I not expecting a rap film, at this point, I wasn't even expecting a rap album. Everything was just singles. Not long after that, probably when we're about to move, I want to make one last trip to the German mall. I remember you walked out some stairs, it's like kind of like in a basement type thing, and they sold 12 inches. And this is where I would go, not very often, but when my parents went shopping in this mall, whatever shopping center in Germany, 
I would get some records. And I went to this and they had the um, Wild Style soundtrack. And so I was excited. I knew I couldn't see the movie. I gotta get the soundtrack. And this was the first time I purchased two copies of the same record. I imagine I had to have learned the idea about that. You know, I hadn't, I hadn't really even seen at that point a DJ spin with double copies and doing that kind of thing, but I, maybe I figured it out from listening to tapes or the live shows that I had heard. I must have known that having two copies meant something in hip hop to some degree. I just don't know to what degree I knew. <laughs> I don't even know if that was why I got two copies. I think I was excited to have it. I just bought two copies because I was, I can't see the movie. I'm at least have two copies of the record was my mindset. Run DMC usually gets the credit for having the first all hip hop record. And, and, and they do deserve it because they are an actual album and Wild Styles of Soundtrack, which is obviously more like a compilation. Run DMC have the rhymes and the scratches for every song on the album, but Wild Style actually had DJs cutting up. It was like capturing the essence of how hip hop was birthed. You know, DJs were actually cutting breaks. You know, so the first record I bought double copies of is kind of the first rap record that shows the idea of using double copies of a record on a record. You know, um, at least one of them. You know, uh, I guess uh, the Grandmaster Flash, uh, the eventual Grandmaster Flash is a year before that. And I, I don't know if I fully understood what was happening there, but it really gets captured on a full album, you know, with Wild Style. Those breaks also are unique because the beats made for Wild Style, which I imagine was because of like licensing and sample clearance to save money, they're all the original breaks made just for this movie that they pressed up a few copies to give to the DJs just to use for this movie. So those original break records are, are rare, but you know, Fab Five Freddy worked with Chris Stein of Blondie to produce those breaks. This movie has just a, 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 a lot of layers to why it's so important from the movie to the soundtrack. And so you had songs on the soundtrack dedicated to the art of DJing. Grand Wizard Theodore had two songs, Gangbusters, a military cut, you know, a play on words, a military cut, and them cutting up things, using military phrasing. Charlie Chase on there, AJ Scratch, DST, who's doing some groundbreaking stuff on the turntables like he always was. So there's a lot of things on the Wild Style soundtrack that really make it special. 
a really great and raw representation of what the era sounded and felt like, at least for someone like me as an outsider who couldn't be there at the Park Jams in New York. And even today, when I go back and I listen to that soundtrack and hear some of those early Park Jams, I still feel like, to my ears, it captures those moments really well. And so some of those key highlights, you know, on the soundtrack, Grandmaster Kaz, of course, a standout, one of the most important MCs of all time and a pioneer of that era, a pioneer in general. He has subway rap. It's one of those things that I'm surprised when people talk about how great Kaz is, that song doesn't come up. He takes you through a visual ride to the Bronx and he uses great song structure and it starts off sounding really grim with the conditions he's seeing of how people are suffering and the poverty. But over the course of the song, he slowly injects some hope. And it's really well done concept by Kaz. And it makes sense when you hear a song like that, the people that he now cite him as an influence, the LL Cool J's, the Big Daddy Kane's, and the Ice T's, especially in this case, you see how that influence makes sense with how he was describing uh, the city conditions, you know, especially to the ice tea point. You know, also you had the Fantastic Freaks or the Fantastic Five. You know, as a group, you hear how this, how great they sounded in unison. They're harmonizing and the they had like early like uh, wit and punchlines. And you know, you catch them with their on stage dynamic. Come on, buddy. Two. Ow. And we're Fantastic Five and C. Besides the soundtrack, they had like one of the records, the Soul Clap record they did, like the same year or the year before. But really the best essence of them is catching them live and this soundtrack captures that. You also had Busy B, another MC who was really popular and really influential, but his records really didn't capture that. But no one hardly ever talks about Busy B's records. And oddly, the ones I find to talk about the most are his late 80s record, like Running Things and Suicide, that were written by Melly Mel. Suicide. 
foremost skill of Busy B was how he engaged the crowd. Uh, all right now, all the people love cold cash money. Wave your hand in the air like this. If you love cold cash money, if you love cold cash money, let me hear y'all say, money, 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 money. Come on, y'all. Say it one more time, money, 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 money. Come on. And don't stop, rock the rhythm that makes your body rock. Cause I can sing, I can dance, I can hum along. Make the pretty girls come along. I can sing, I'm the dance, I'm a king of romance. And young ladies, uh, wanna give me a chance. All the pretty girls just stand in line and be prepared to be And so it captures very well on this in some of the routines for soundtrack. And even also in his appearance in the movie, the things that aren't on the soundtrack. Does Busy B with just like a character with a lot of charisma. Uh, more than he was necessarily a wordsmith. You know, he, a lot of times he his songs were written by, like I said, Melly Mel. His DJ, AJ, wrote some of his songs. Um, he got rhymes from Hollywood like many MCs did. So he was a lot of times using verses written by others, but you couldn't deny his charisma. You had Ramel Z, just like, I mean, you know, rest in peace to the great Ramel Z. Great, amazing graffiti artist, visual artist, but his, like, style of rhyme is extremely forward-thinking at that time. He's got, oh, the serious cut that'll make you quick when it shakes your butt on the wheels of steel. A grandmaster STD, sucking it on the beat. Rock quick, y'all. Yeah, rock, 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 it quick. Throw the music on with the serious do. Yeah, Mr. Free, just making you move. Shock with the rhythm. Yeah, party people. Just shock with the rhythm, party people. Cause the rhythm just makes you people move like a little a wobbly wheat spoon. It's the break Yeah, check out those moves right there. Check that out. He was like one of the first MCs, I would say, that pioneered the idea of abstract thought. The idea of what an abstract MC could be. Um, he had this stream of consciousness. You know, people talk about rhyming off the top of the head or freestyling off the top. And people were doing that, obviously, before him. You get bits and pieces and glimpses of that. Uh, shouts to like the Force MCs who did it early on their shows. But Ram LZ was one of the first to really focus on it on record. And just like, he was different about it because he was like, it, it felt or sounded totally nonsensical. It was just like giving you a glimpse of his soul when he rhymed. And then he's on a song on that soundtrack with a guy, Shockdale, who's like a direct contrast to that. Shockdale is this commanding presence, no nonsense style, straight up B-boy. And pardon the pun, but I'm shocked that Shockdale didn't get his own record deal. He he just sounded so great on that soundtrack. But that's not the way you intend to live or receive, but don't give. Now you act the rip above a tiber in the rain, starting to blow in the snow. Your mama don't know, so it can't turn to snow. You can't escape the world like the fame for a light. There's gotta be a better way to sit up a white. And you can pass the trash, and it's more than you deserve. Keep the woman, you deserve preservation of the man. Tick, hop, I get bit, but hip hop, I get pop, but don't stop. And you can freak it all night, to the short shot. And you can freak all that, and you can post the light. Oh, I'm male, and you're the king, so get on the mic. The only time I ever heard him beyond that was doing projects over the years with Ram LZ. But I think about now, I think about imagining him with a single in 83, 85, produced by like Rick Rubin or Larry Smith or maybe even DST. With that celluloid record sound, that would have been amazing for Shockdale. 
He's one of those guys I want to find and find out what happened to him in his career because I was a big fan and still a big fan of Shock Bell. And he can find some things he did even up to the early 2000s or MLZ, and he still sounds great. But my favorite MC on the soundtrack, and this is hard to say because I just all those people there are great, like I just mentioned, but Little Rodney C. It's probably my favorite on the soundtrack. Little Rodney Steve was a part of the Thump 4 plus one more. It's the joint! But by this point, he had left the group for one of the other MCs, KK Rockwell, and they had a group called Double Trouble. And I think he's one of the most slept on MCs, if not the most slept on MC of that era. He had it all. Voice, style, charisma, uh, advanced vocabulary. He's one of the first MCs ever to be competitive with actual battle rhymes on wax, talking about battling and being competitive. Like, people hinted at it in songs and live shows, but Rodney C was really getting deeper into it, I feel. I mean, I get frustrated when his name doesn't come up with the greats. When, you know, often when that discussion comes up, people will say, you know, the, the term that gets thrown around a lot is like the Mount Rushmore of hip hop of that era. And people say, Melly Mel, Grandmaster Kaz, Cool Mo D. And that very well may be accurate. I won't, I won't even dispute it. If you were to do like a scientific analysis of everything about that time period, those three names might be who you come back with. But if you do that analysis without considering Little Rodney C, I don't think it can be legitimate. You have to consider him. And I, I don't think a lot of people would even uh, bring him in that discussion where I think they should. And there's other names too. It's not Little Rodney C. Though I think he might be the most fitting, the number four, or arguably could battle out one of those number three spots, possibly if he had more um, music from the time frame. But also, you know, you got Special K for this three, Jimmy Spicer, who just passed away recently, so rest in peace. You know, D.O.B. of Phillips 4, uh, Barry Bistro and E.K. Mike of Crash Crew, uh, Raheem of the Furious 5, and, you know, even uh, Shah Rock and Queen Lisa Lee could be considered for that. And we talk about maybe like the top five, top ten of the era. But Little Rodney C is probably the one that would be most likely to compete for maybe one of those number three spots, if not the number four spot. All these reasons are why this soundtrack is so important to me. Um, and in the movie, and where those Rodney C things come from in the movie, there's two things. One is him battling Busy B. And I've always assumed, or at least long assumed, that was their way of reenacting the Busy B versus Kumo D battle that happened at Harlem World. When you hear me talk, you can bet your last time everything I say will be in a rock. Every rhyme I say will be a delight because I rock and shock and party all night. I rock the seat, I rock the house, so most definitely I turn, turn it out. Y'all, I got the qualifications to rock the best. No limitations to my finesse. Got the modifications to alterate. I won't buy the rhyme and I won't imitate another MC when it's running down rhymes. Because at the time it's just running down mine. But that's all right because I know something. I put it in check. You take I'm assuming that's what it is because even the skit after it on Stoop Rap. Here's a little story that must be told about two cool brothers that were put on hold. They tried to hold us back, which is also a famous part that's been redone for a Sprite commercial, I believe it was. What up, son? Let's do it. 
there's a little story that must be told About true players rocking all the ice and gold They try to slow us down mm. from laying the law But we kept it real, what? just playing it raw Pushed up on our ladies, spoke on our names But real cats never get caught uh-uh. in the game Player haters, why? It's been used in so many songs Like on Resurrection with Common Sense Like the Stoop Rap routine from RDC is like iconic And people might not even know who it is They just know that it's iconic Here's a little story that must be told <laughs> From beginning to end Here's a little story that must be told Here's a little story that must be told About two young brothers who was put on hold They tried to stop the goal We on a spiritual plane Tried to kill the pride And destroy the name We're just two bad brothers Who will never quit Or most death Quali, we, we the, the ultimate, ultimate. Say, Here's a little story that must be told About two young brothers who got so much soul They taking total control Of the body and brain Flying high in the sky on a lyrical plane It's just two bad brothers That scene talks about how busy be one because of his fame and his contacts, which is what Kumori speaks about in that battle. So I always figured there was like a connection to that battle and the Kumori thing. And the other part, how the movie comes to a close, which I think shows that even in the making of that movie, uh, Charlie Ahern, who was behind the movie, he knew that Little Rodney C and K.K. Rockwell were great. And it's just a masterful, performance of the time and of all time. It's one of the greatest performances that you can see of just like two MCs pretty much flawlessly for like, was it like eight minutes and 30 something seconds long, whatever it is. It's a long routine of just flawless lyrics, just like their charisma, you know, the MCing is top notch for the time in almost every way. It's an absolute masterpiece of rhyming and performance for the time. Rhyme does not pay. I moved in March of 84 from Stuttgart, Germany. And so at that time, I had been buying rap records for about four years. I had about three boxes full of records, not just rap records too. I had a few uh, soul records, soul funk records, and also my children records from there, you know, kids stories and kids songs. And somehow when we got packed up and used movers and got our boxes shipped to us in Kansas, one of my boxes of records got lost. So I'm making those movers might have, I don't know, I don't want to point the finger, but it's just interesting. The only thing missing was a box of records. But um, in that box of records were my Wild Style soundtrack. So not only did I miss Seeing the movie. I got the soundtracks to make myself feel good about missing the movie, and then the, they got lost in the move. So it was like a double. I had to suffer loss twice for the Wild Style movie. And um, I'm still, I, you might hear it in my voice right now, I'm still bothered by it. <laughs> the idea that the, those records got away. Because now they're like, not only are, are they missing, but they're also. You know, at some point, I'm not sure how they are now, but at some point they were actually worth a good amount of money, the original soundtracks. It's one of the many reasons why I'm still permanently excited about Wildstyle. Anytime I've seen it come out in any form or fashion, I've bought it. I owned it on VHS. I own a few different versions of the DVD. I own like three or four different versions of the vinyl, the instrumental vinyl, different versions, the vocal vinyl, different versions. 
double vinyl, single, I mean, I just own Wild Style in so many aspects. And I probably will always continue to buy in every aspect I can because I just, it means so much to me. As far as the movie, I did finally see it two years after release, the summer of 85. Um, me and my partner, Eddie, Bur Eddie Barber, from my 3D crew days, we went on a trip, a vacation to my family in Gilbert, Illinois. We were messing, messing around, doing whatever, about to get into some mischief that I won't go into. But um, as we're getting into that mischief in my Uncle Ty's house, what up, Uncle Ty? TV show called Night Flight. It was like a, you know, they play like music videos and late night programming. We're like, what's on TV right now? That's like some hip hop thing. And it was Wild Style. So my first time seeing Wild Style was the edited version of it, which is a little weird, how they edited it down. But I saw that first via Night Flight and I was mind blown by it. So yeah, that's pretty much how I experienced Wild Style. It's gonna be high power too. Yeah, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be rocking I'm gonna be there. I know it's gonna be high power. I'm gonna be there. Bitch, be, you know what I'm saying? Come on, give me a little soul clap. Let's have a little fun. Here we go. Man, I rock New York City all years around, and my name is known all over the town. Y'all people here love the way I run my game. They can't wait to see me make the Hall of Fame. Busy B is my name. In closing, as for the Wild Style soundtrack, you know, specifically, one of those questions that always comes up in rap discussions or interviews or things like that is, what are your all-time favorite albums? It's one of those questions, like, I don't, at this point in time, I don't really do any, like, lists anymore. I don't do top five MCs or top five albums or rap to me is too expansive. I can't even think how to make things a top five or a top ten. To me, it's impossible. But over the years, if someone like kind of pressed me on the issue or like, come on, give me your top five albums or the albums most important to you, Wild Style soundtrack is at least one that I always feel comfortable saying. It's like the one that I'm always like, okay, I can, I can say this one for sure. It's not my favorite album of all time, but it's important how much I love it and all those things makes me know that it should be somewhere in that. So that's how, how important the Wild Style soundtrack is to me and as a matter of fact all this talking about it makes me want to hear it right now so i'm probably gonna go listen to it if you haven't heard it or haven't heard it in a long time you should go listen to it or maybe you should watch the movie wow 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 if you, if you wanna know, wanna know the real deal, deal about the two let us tell you we're double chopper girls and we're doing it just for you now people clap your hands clap just just clap your hands while you're rocking to the beat of the two and we got the master plan so clap your hands young ladies y'all ready and fly guys if you want to get down with us get up on the floor get up and everybody just show your stuff now if you if you don't know about the two let us tell you we're double trouble girl and we're doing it just for you so come on take it right well don't pause it don't you dare stop my mellow just get on your mic turn on your mic get on your mic and start the hip hop and i hear you about to see i know a rock well got a lot of money i got a lot of clientele but it won't be happy most definitely till you listen to the voice 
some of my on the scene. And I hear KK say I'm glad to be down with the two MCs with the funk and sound. Why the party's not a party, Adam. beat is not a beat. Until you listen to the brothers, the sound's so sweet. And now I hear you find the scene, don't have to oh, yeah. believe. If they don't believe you, then I can hear it to believe. The party is the church, and let me tell you again, you listen to the sound, I have no end. And now I hear you rock, boy, you know we're down below. We got rhymes galore, we got rhymes galore. But we only came here to set the score, so let's give everybody, let's give everybody, let's give everybody what they all pay for. What they all pay for, what they all pay for. Oh yeah, say one. Say one, two, three, four. Double trouble, what you waiting for? Here's a little something that we must recommend to all the party people and to all our friends. When we give a party, it's just not fit for a start our show if you're not there. So listen to us, listen to us, everybody just listen to us, listen to us. One time, cause we got routines that are fresh and new. And we practice the hard so we can do it for you. So listen, party people, when we tell you what to do. When you come to a party, bring a friend with you. And just listen to us, listen to us, everybody just listen to us, listen to us one time. Cause you got party people, it's an old fact We try to do our best when the party's back I mean front to back, from bottom to top When we're standing on the stage, you know it's time to rock And then you listen to us, listen to us Everybody feel, listen to us, listen to us Then we turn on the mic, start the program And when it's over, you will notice we gave a nice jam So listen party people, we would appreciate If it come a little early and not so late Because we hate to be the ones to say tis tis When you heard we gave a party, that shit in the midst To get the point, get, get the point, get the point, get the point Get the point, get, get the point, get the point, get the point, we get the joint, kick it rock well. Get, get the point, get the point, get the point, you know I'm the joint. Get, get the point, get the point, get the point, we get the joint, we double trouble. Get, get the point, get the point, get the point, we get the joint. Now we're double trouble standing on the stage, guaranteed to make it jump in a hell of a rage. They made a mistake when they opened our cage, and now double troubles on the front page. Couldn't believe that we're a two-man crew. An interview by the ominous news. They call up the daily and the post. Now we'll be an interview from coast to coast. We don't like to brag, don't like the both, but we're the two MCs and we have the most. Rhymes, rhymes, and rhymes, and rhymes, baby. On your mind and all the time. Because we make more and more to make. And then we never mess up or make mistakes. We're two of a kind. We're so inclined. We're guaranteed to hit my touch of my Kick a rock bell, the girls call me fine. I'm literally around the scene, I'm right on time. And together, forever, we'll blow your mind. Double trouble. Is in the house Don't you know Double trouble Gonna turn it out Y'all Being an MC Just wasn't my choice But I soon found out I had the golden voice I was too hot To handle too cold The whole Because MC stand For my control When it came to that I was one of the best I got rather north, south The east and west I'm like Mickey Mouse And the son of Sam When I shock the house I don't give a damn When you hear me talk You can bet your last down Everything I say Will be in the round Every rhyme I say Will be a delight Cause I rock and shock And party all night I'm nice I'm cool, yeah, I'm yeah. the things I do 